welcome to Transforming Minds, Transforming Lives, a podcast series of RCCG Living Spring Pittsburgh. Stay tuned for our senior pastor, Boyga Esson. Partaking of the wealth of the kingdom, Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7. The Bible says in Proverbs 4, 7, Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. In all your getting, get understanding. Exalt her, she will promote you. She will bring you to honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. Exalt her, verse 8, she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. Is my prayer wisdom will place upon your head an ornament of grace? It will deliver to you a crown of glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Well, I'm sure you all know that God gave Solomon wisdom. Uh, in his own time, he became the greatest man who ever lived. Uh, he was divinely inspired to understand many things. He was inspired to observe, to observe the world. And by observing the world, he was able to put forward nudges, wisdom, proverbs, wise sayings, wise statements godly wisdom, how to do life. So when you look at the book of Proverbs, it's just how to do life. Because God inspired a man to understand the workings of the world and to begin to tell us how to do it the godly way. And Proverbs has 31 chapters. It's one for each day. So it's like God wants us to read a proverb a day and to imbibe it. Somebody said reading a proverb a day makes you wiser. And it's just the truth. There's a man in Australia who at 26 was an illiterate. He was broke, he was bankrupt, and he was in trouble. But he gave his life to Christ in the Billy Graham Crusade, Peter Daniels. And he began to study the book of Proverbs. Before he left, he was an inspirator, he became a multimillionaire, he was big in real estate. At 26, he was an illiterate. But somehow, something happened to him when he came in contact with the word of God, and his life took a turn for the better. Is my prayer you will contact something bigger than you in the mighty name of Jesus. And by contacting that thing bigger than you, something will change in your favor in the mighty name of Jesus. So these are practical insights. So we just want to see what Proverbs has to say about wealth. You observe marriage, observe wealth, observe career, observe relationship, and depend them all in the book of Proverbs. It's a compendium, it's a collection of wise sayings. And the Bible says here that wisdom is the principal thing. So therefore get wisdom. In all your getting, it's a get understanding. Wisdom is the principal thing. So therefore get wisdom. In all your getting, get understanding. It says in Proverbs 24.3, Proverbs 24.3, say by wisdom a house is built. Say by understanding it is established. Say by knowledge, through knowledge, it has its chambers filled with pleasant riches. Is it by understanding a house is built, an enterprise is built, a marriage is built, a career is built, a ministry is built, a church is built by wisdom. And now we want to say that this same enterprise built becomes strong through sound sense. One version says good sense. In other words, any enterprise is built by wisdom, wise planning. It becomes strong through good sense. And one version says it profits wonderfully by keeping abreast of the facts. Wisdom, insight, understanding, 
knowing what to do, making good decisions, is given by God. As a matter of fact, in verse 8 of Proverbs 4, he says, if you exalt wisdom, she will promote you. He says, she will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. He says, exalt her, she will promote you. He says, embrace her, she will honor you. He says, she will place upon you an ornament of grace. As a matter of fact, this wise man, Solomon, was addressing wisdom as a woman. She, she will promote you. She will bring you honor. As addressing wisdom as a female personality. Why? Because wisdom is comely. Wisdom is to be desired. Wisdom is beautiful. These are qualities of women. They are comely. They are desirable. They are beautiful. They are to be longed for. Say, so look, embrace her. She will bring you honor. If you are wise, there is no stopping you. If you are wise the God way, if you allow God to really prune you, if you allow God to really shine his wisdom upon you, there's no stopping you. Because every answer to every problem on this earth is in the Bible. Many times our ignorance is our mountain. You can't move that mountain because you are ignorant. But if God were to show you what to do, you will move the mountain. If you would know what to do, you will move the mountain. So wisdom is so important. As a matter of fact, Jesus Christ is called the wisdom of God and the power of God. Through wisdom, a house is built. By understanding, it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Any enterprise is built by wise planning, becomes strong through common sense, and profits wonderfully by keeping abreast of the fact. In the house of God, we talk about revelation. Revelation is still spiritual information. When God downloads into your mind the thing to do, when God tells you supernaturally where you can decipher, where you can know what God is up to, where you have a revelation of what God is saying part time, that's wisdom. It's spiritual information beyond you. You know, in real estate, they say three things matter. Three things matter in real estate. If you want to become an investor of real estate, only three things matter. Location, location, location. That's what they tell us. Also, if you want to succeed here on earth, if you want to be rich, if you actually want to undo wealth, the God way is all about three things. Information, information, information. Wisdom will help you to know the right thing. It's discernment. It will help you to know the right information to pursue. It will help you. That's part of wisdom. Say, every else will be by wise planning. It helps you to know what to pursue. And of course, part of wisdom is also having mentors. It is true that if you don't have some people to grab your hand and show you the way, many times you may not make it. There are some things you will never achieve if somebody doesn't show you the way to. Mentorship is so big, and that's part of wisdom. Counsel, understanding, having insights. It's my prayer God to send good mentors to you in the mighty name of Jesus. It's my prayer God to give you a voracious appetite for wisdom. It will give you an appetite for insights. You will pursue counsel. You will pursue to know the mind of God. You will pursue to know the will of God. Somebody said, earning is just one letter short of learning. Evil is just one letter short of devil. Anger is just one letter short of danger. Take the L out of learning, you have earning. So if you want to increase your earning, uh, increase your learning. Increase your appetite for information. Both spiritual, natural, increase your appetite for knowing. Pursue the right information. Don't just be on the internet. Some people are making a kill on the internet. 
It's getting much easier even these days to make a kill. Pursue knowledge, pursue wisdom, because there's so much going on, and it's my prayer God will help us in Jesus' mighty name. So you want to build wealth, you want to be rich, information, wisdom, insight is very, very major. Another thing that you have to pay attention to to be rich is you have to think inheritance. You have to think generations. Proverbs said, Proverbs 13, 22, say, a good man is an inheritance for his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. He leaves the inheritance for three generations. If you only think now, if you only think yourself, you will not leave inheritance for generations. It may appear as if it's so far-fetched, as if it's impossible, but it's not impossible. As a man thinketh in his ass, so easy. If you think it, if you think generational wealth, if you think, what would I leave for my children? Oh, the education you give them is great. It's a great legacy. But the Bible also says, houses and wealth are from fathers, but a good wife is from the Lord. Houses, wealth, finances are from fathers, but a good wife is from the Lord. So, when you think inheritance, just by having life insurance alone, if you buy insurance of one million, one million dollars, by the time you leave the sale, your children will not cost you that you didn't leave anything behind if they have a million dollar check in their hands. Think inheritance. What are you going to leave for your children? Some of us are not even thinking of paying their fees when they get to college. You think it's impossible for you to pay $30,000 on a child? It's all in the mind. If you never think you will do it, you will never do it. Some people are already thinking that their children will collect school loan 10 years down the line. What are you going to be doing 10 years down the line? Can't you pray that God will bless you to pay your children's school fees? Did you go to school on school loan? On a serious note. So you're already thinking, oh, 10 years, my son will take college loan. You can ask God to bless you to pay your children's fees. That's inheritance. It's my prayer you will leave something substantial for your children. You will leave them a spiritual legacy. You also leave them finances in the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible also tells us in Proverbs 21.20, Proverbs 21.20, say there is desirable treasure and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man squanders it. So in other words, when you're going through the treasury of a wise man, you'll see something there waiting. He has savings. But the foolish man squanders it all because the foolish man lives beyond his means. He's trying to make a statement, I've arrived. He lives above his means. He's doing much more than he can bear. As money comes in, he squanders it. Everything gone. Bible says there is all in the dwelling of the wise. Oh, pastor, I'm just earning $2,000. How would I save? If you cut your coat and go to your size, you will save. The foolish man squanders it all. He's trying to live big, trying to make a statement. This wise man also said in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 1 to 2, Ecclesiastes 11, says, send your grain across the seas, and in time profits will flow back to you, but divide your investments among many places, for you do not know what risk might lie ahead. Say, send your grain, cast your bread upon many waters, and after many days, you will receive it back. Investment, portfolio, multiple streams of income. God will make it happen for us this year in the mighty name of Jesus. Somehow we will know what to do. As we go after information, we will get the right information in the mighty name of Jesus. We will keep abreast of the facts. And as we are current, we will also collect in the mighty name of Jesus. The wise man also told us to be diligent. Proverbs 27, verse 23, 27, 23, says, Be diligent to know the state of your flocks 
and attend to your hearts. You have to know the state of your finances. Somebody was telling me some time ago that the people are so fussy about how much a bank is charging them. Surprisingly, are the rich people. That if you charge a rich man $50, he will spot it. That rich men are so finicky, they can see. They know where their pen is going to. They know the state of their flocks. Do you know the state of your flocks? Many of us don't even know the interest rate on our mortgage. We don't know. When the credit card is charging you big time, you don't even know. And you can just by a mere phone call negotiate that downwards. Say, be diligent to know. Being diligent is to pay attention. Being diligent is to be on top of the matter. Are you diligent? If you're a business person, do you know your customers? Do you know their taste? Do you have a target market? If you are working in a corporation, do you know the power dynamics there? Do you know the power dynamics in your organization? What are you doing about it? Do you know your inventory? If you are a business person, pay attention. Be organized financially. Be diligent to know the state of your flocks. The Bible says in Proverbs 14.23, In all labor, there is profit. But mere talk leads only to poverty. In all labor, whatever your hands finds to do, do it well. In all labor, there is profit. That actually beats me. In other words, whatever you set your hands to do, there is a return coming. And that return will come in Jesus' mighty name. And of course, entrepreneurship, innovativeness. Bible says, this is big. Proverbs 12 and verse 27. Say, the lazy man does not roast what he catches in hunting, but diligence is man's precious possession. See the way it qualifies, it defines a lazy man. A lazy man does not roast what he catches in hunting. In other words, he goes into the bush, he kills a deer, kills an antelope, he brings the antelope back home in his raw form. He doesn't dress it, he doesn't refine it, he doesn't cook it, he doesn't burn it, it's just there. He just leaves it. And anything in his raw state has little or no value. So this man goes, catches a game, brings it home, does nothing about it. And if you look at the story of Esau and Jacob, very illustrative story, their father said, look, I want to bless you, Esau. You are my firstborn, you are my first child, I want to bless you. Say, go get me food, give me big meats, let me feed, and then bless you. Do something for me, let me honor you. As he was saying that, his wife, the mother of the twins, was listening. And of course, she favored the younger over the older. And she told Jacob, go to the backyard. Get a game, kill it, let's cook for your daddy, and then go and present yourself as Esau. And mind you, Esau ran out, went straight to the bush to go look for an antelope or a deer. And there are antelopes at the backside of the house. He probably doesn't know. So anytime he comes in with his antelope, with his game, I don't know what happened. Maybe Jacob was mating them, breeding them, rearing them. But something was going on. Because there was actually game in the house. But this guy is just a one-way streak. He's just set in his mind, casting stone. He would just rush to the bush, kill the game, bring it back home. And anything in his raw state has no value. The lazy man, Bible says, he doesn't roast what he catches in hunting. The Bible also tells us about the lazy man that there is much food in the fallow ground of the poor, but for lack of justice, there is waste. Proverbs 13.23 13.23 There is so much food in the tillage, in the fallow ground of the poor, but because of lack of justice, there is waste. He doesn't know what to do. In other words, there is talent, he's not using, he's not utilizing, there are things he can actually make money with, 
Because God has never left anybody just like that. There's something in your hand. There's something in my hand. But the poor man, he does not add value. He doesn't know branding. He doesn't know how to commercialize his gift. He doesn't know sales and marketing. He doesn't know how to sell himself. He doesn't know how to use his brain. In other words, you have minier jobs. You also have mental work. The lazy man doesn't roast. He doesn't think. He's just into the minier job. He saw. Just to kill the game and bring it back. He doesn't know how to refine. But the Jacobs on this world, they know how to refine. They know how to think through. And you know, your brain is like a muscle. Your brain can actually enlarge. And it can contract. Depending on use. So if you use your brain, if you learn to begin to use your brain and let your brain sweat, not just your brawn now, if you let your brain sweat regularly, that brain will begin to enlarge and begin to complain difficult things. Do you know why the stock exchange is like that? You see graphs and light and you see something is going up there because they want to keep the poor man out. Because they know by the time they show the poor man graph and graph, 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 it will just, ah, this is too much and just shut down. You just open the graph, ah, I can't do this talk. No, 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 no. Because you don't think through. Because you are not ready to do some mental work. If minimal work actually is the deal, I know some continents, they will be the richest. But that's not the case. So you have to learn to position yourself. You have to learn to think through. God will help us. We will start businesses. We will think through. We will pursue knowledge in the mighty name of Jesus. And of course, another thing Proverbs tells us about wealth is in Proverbs 13, 11. It says, wealth gained by dishonesty will be diminished, but he who gathers by labor will increase. Any wealth you gain by cheating other people is already cost. It's a matter of time. You will see the results. So wealth from get-quick schemes quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work grows over time. Honesty still remains the best policy. A faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who essays to be rich will not go unpunished. At 25, you want to become multi-millionaire. It's great if you can do it mentally. But if you want to swindle and cut down and pull down to do it, you will be sorry at the end of the day. Another thing Proverbs told us about generosity is this in Proverbs 39 that honor the Lord with your possessions and with the faithful to avoid your increase. Honor the Lord. You know, there's so much controversy going on now. It's a matter of honor. If you love me, you will give to me. If you honor God, if you love his work, you will give to his work. This God who has given you so much, the brain you are using to work, I know you know it's not your own. We cannot quantify God's blessings. We cannot. I mean, every day I hear tales of woes. I mean, all kinds of things. But God is keeping you. Not because you are good, but because he's good. He's not giving you what you deserve. <laughs> and he's giving you what you don't deserve. Just praise him. Just say, Lord, I appreciate you. I'm not an ingrate. I honor you with my substance. Because your money is actually your life. You exchange your life for money. Every time you go to work, you're exchanging your life for money. As you are getting older, you will get to a point you can't work anymore. So God says, bring part of your sweat, part of your life, and just honor me with it. That's all. The Bible also says in 19 verse 17, Proverbs 19, it says, He who has pity on the poor lent to the Lord, and he will pay back what he has given. In other words, if you truly have pity on the poor, if you see genuine need, if you can meet it, please meet it. Those who have pity on the poor, they are lending to the Lord. Don't be an island to yourself. 
Don't get all you can and can all you get and then sit on the can. Don't get all you can. That's greed. Don't can all you get and then sit on the can. And of course, eliminate bad debts. The earlier you can shut down your debt, the better for you because the rich rules over the poor. The borrower is servant to the lender. There's no story about it. And of course, the Bible also says in Proverbs 18.16, Proverbs 18.16, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Proverbs 17.8, 17.8 says, a gift is as a precious stone in the eyes of him that hath it. We test over a torment, it prospereth. In other words, whatever God has given you, develop it. We discover our gifts, we develop and we deploy. In deploying what you've developed, there is gain. He said the man who has the gift, anywhere he turns, he prospers because he has learned to develop the gifts. He has learned to also deploy the gifts. We have to learn to monetize our gifts. You have to learn to go to school. How do I sell my gift? How do I sell myself? How do I market myself? You have to learn if you have a gift, you have to learn how to monetize it. It's not a crime. It's my prayer you will put a value on your gifts. You know, that woman, when the prophet came, said, what do you have? He said, I have nothing. The widow woman said, I have nothing. The prophet asked again, you mean you have nothing? He said, ah, I just have a jar of oil. In other words, she didn't value what she had. The reason many people are not rich today is because they don't value what they have. You see, when God breathes upon your gift, it can become something else altogether. The blessing of the Lord make it rich, and he has no sorrow. When you put something in God's hand, that boy put five loaves and two fishes in the hands of Jesus, and they multiplied. That thing that you despise, somebody is making millions through it. Just because you haven't added value to it, you haven't prayed about it, do you know the power of prayer? The Lord bless the work of my hands. What is the work of your hands that you're asking God to bless? Are you actually engaging? Are you actually working? Because God actually do bless. The blessing of the Lord make it rich. He has no sorrow to it. I pray the power of the blessing over your life. I pray that whatever thing you are bringing to God, it will multiply it for you. I pray you will enjoy wealth on this side of eternity. I pray every mountain of debt before you shall become plain. I pray for wisdom that is beyond you. I pray for destiny helpers, mentors, and the grace to walk, to walk mentally, the grace to be diligent in business. He will give to us in Jesus' mighty name. We will not die poor. We will live in inheritance of our children to the third generation in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening. And make sure you subscribe for more great podcasts.